Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there is the furry Will Curran. <laughs> that Endless man events. over there is the far Brant Kruger of Event Technology Consulting. <laughs> <laughs> Very furry. I, we hit record and I just busted out laughing because of the <laughs> the, uh, the adjective, uh, the random adjective generator, as usual, uh, is an endless source it, of amusement. It never disappoints. It never disappoints. And you are looking a little furry these days. The beard's getting I, a little I, long. I, yeah. Getting well, a maybe next week, next week's recording, maybe, uh, maybe I'll uh, end up having less beard. <laughs> you could go back to rocking the faux hawk at this point, I think, pretty, pretty seriously. <laughs> What's so funny is I know I need a beard trim or a haircut and stuff. When people start saying, nice beard, Will, I'm like, yeah, it's getting too long. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep it nice and trim, baby. Nice, nice and trim. Nice and trim. <laughs> well, we're not here to talk about beards, are we? No, because we are coming to you from the future. That's right. So I, I had the opportunity uh, just this week uh, to stop by and talk to a luncheon for uh, MPI. Um, uh, oh, I'm going to botch it now. Upstate New York uh, chapter nice. uh, was kind enough to ha invite me by. And we had a really great discussion. It wound up being a, a long discussion, um, <laughs> which I enjoy immensely. I mean, I, I believe me, if I could figure out a way to get paid to just talk for two hours straight uh, repeatedly, uh, you know, like every week, you know, every day, every week, that would be that'd be like my. Then you just got to become a politician. Yeah, either that or I got to do a lot more <laughs> chapter sessions. <laughs> um, the, uh, or, or or you could just be an audiobook narrator. Yeah, well there we go. Okay, now we're now we're clear. Now, see for me though, you know, I know that we're taking things a little off track, but you know, for me, I just love live. I mean, you know, you and I have done podcasts together for a long time uh, at this point, and um, I, you know, I still crave that live Q and A experience. Uh, yeah, it's just the AMA just something style about so talking fun. to Pope. Yeah, AMA style. No no slides. Just you know, riding in and uh, you know, talking for a little bit, and then hey, let's just talk. Um, conversations are far more interesting to me than than presentations. So I think that's why I like podcasting because it's it's conversations. You and I have good conversations. I, I hope it's interesting to other people as well. It's interesting to me, so that's why I Definitely. do it. Um, so long story longer. Uh, the uh, I, you know, I stopped by the the chapter uh, Upstate New York uh, MPI, and we did this session called Welcome to 2030. And I, you know, it was worth kind of bringing to the podcast because um, I think it's a worthy discussion about how much disruption and change has happened in the event tech landscape over the course of the last ten months. Um, so uh, I guess what I'd where I'd kind of like to start, Will, is is to is to uh, talk about this, you know, where we would have been. <laughs> um, so the reason that the reason it was called yeah. Welcome to 2030 is that had none of this happened, um, I think where we are now in the event tech landscape would have been where we would have gotten there eventually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll definitely agree with that for sure. I mean, like, they always say, like, what was it like, yeah, like, five years of advancement or 10 years of advancement in six months. Uh, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, and that's really what it feels like is that, you know, we've I think we've done more in the last 10 months than we have in the last 10 years as far as advancing the technology. So, you know, to to, to in order to look forward, you know, let's look back a little bit. So going back to, um, uh, you know, in the days before pre-will, 
before I knew you, <laughs> you know, but I was, <laughs> I was hanging out with folks like Tahira and Dean um, and, and others uh, that you know as well. Um, you know, we were doing online events. We were doing hybrid events 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of us in that area have been kind of been proponents of that ever since that, hey, you know, don't just stick a camera in the corner, make it a true hybrid event. And yet, because this industry has been so focused on in-person, 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 you know, the in-person experience is the most important thing. The online experience can never replace that. You know, they just they haven't spent mm -hmm. a lot of energy on online events uh, until sure. they had to. <laughs> and so <laughs> now all of a sudden, now they're putting a lot of energy into online so events much. and that's really the catalyst. And so what's fascinating to me is that during those that decade, this last decade from those early events that we were producing, literally Skyping in people from all over the world, all the stuff we're talking about right now, we were doing 10 years ago. Um, mm. And none of that's changed. The, 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 the fundamentals of how to do it well uh, haven't changed. The technology, however, is what's changed. It's just the ability to produce these events anywhere in the world relatively easily, like click, yeah. click, and click. with high quality. Yeah. So so that's what's been fascinating. So we've been marching, you know, things have been advancing. You know, there's, there, was, there were four or five, you know, large companies that were doing online events before March of last year. Uh, you know, your Intratos, your On24s, uh, Meeting Play, um, those types. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple other of the incumbents that were around. Um, and, uh, you know, so, but, but then all of a sudden March of 2020 came around. And, you know, March, April, May, June, you know, and we, we, things started shutting down. And all of a sudden... All of these event app companies and registration companies and marketing companies, you know, they lost all their in-person business too and were forced to enter the market, a market that they were not previously in, which is these video chat functionalities. Mm -hmm. um, and, and uh, you know, you on the production side, um, I know we've talked about it before, but, you know, uh, I'd like to get, you know, what was interesting to me is that, you know, production folks, they were kind of mm -hmm. two, 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 uh, two sets. And there were the sets that went, oh, crap, and furloughed everybody. And, well, you know, hopefully we can get through this. You know, we can, we can survive like six months with no income. Uh, you know, we can, we can get through this. Okay. And, you know, basically sat on their hands. And then the other group, um, uh, which <laughs> I count you, uh, you know, didn't. And so... I think it's worth just recapping real quick, you know, what you guys have done, you know, not to make it a sales pitch about Endless, but I think it's worth the conversation about what you guys did instead. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the important thing was taking everything that we had learned from doing in-person events and even doing some very, I don't think what's going to be the 2030s um, hybrid event, but doing hybrid events and just implementing that right away. And I think taking all the skills and things like that that we had learned over the years from doing broadcasts and things like that, like, really came into play. I mean, like, as crazy as it sounds, as simple as that show what that show is, and I guess technically it was and is, it was event icons, like that even taught us so much too about that that whole experience. And how do you um, how do you engage an audience who isn't there when there's people in person? And I think like even us just showing up at conferences and being like, we're gonna plop in this corner, like you you remind me of when like we decided to do the event icons from um from uh, IMEX, like whatever year that was. I remember where you can go back and it's like episode seven or eight. And, you know, like that technically was a little bit of a hybrid element, but no one would have ever called it that. But like all the things that you learned on there about like find a, a quiet space, make sure it's hardwired inter wired internet. How do you bring guests in and out? How do you cut to graphics, right? Like 
um, all those sort of things. I think you learned so much just like in that span of time. So, um, yeah, I mean, like we basically just took everything we had already known and said, this isn't reinventing the wheel. It's taking what you already know and making it even better. I chose a poor time to get a drink there. <laughs> like, well, just finished while I'm taking a drink. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, what am I going to say right now? I'll fill this gap. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I think one of the things that, um, uh, th that I appreciated about what you did uh, with your company is that you were proactive. You, you actively went, reached out to your clients. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, you know, like everybody, your clients were coming to you saying, you know, hey, uh, we got to cancel this event. We got to cancel this event. We got to cancel this event. And instead of being like, oh, shit, that sucks. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. like, okay, great. How can we help you take your event online? How can we yeah, help you still do drive value? Right, right. You know, like, let, let's not just cancel this puppy. You know, what can we do to help you? And, and so that was, you know, kind of initially what happened is that, again, we had these kind of two boats of, of production companies. And so the ones that, that, did, that did like you guys that, that got in front of it, started making connections to platforms, started handling it for their clients. Mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately, that left 50% of planners left to do, the, do it on their own <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. their production companies weren't, weren't doing it. Um, and so as a result... As much as I wish I had every event as my client. Of course. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yes. It's the, it's the, the, the juggernaut of, of Endless uh, that, that this, you know, does... I'm sorry, there was only one. There is only one production company. <laughs> there can be only one. Um, and uh, so unfortunately, though, then that, that left a lot of planners out there left holding the bag uh, when it came to production uh, of their online events. They had to find their own platforms, which they, you know, knew nothing about. Um, now, all of a sudden, instead of four, there's, you know, 200 uh, of them, you know, that, no, I've got an event platform. I've got an event platform. I am Spartacus. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of these things that... Um, and so it got really, really complicated, really, really hairy, really fast. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, we, we tried to address that with classes and webinars and things like that as an industry. And we tried to get people up and running as quickly as possible. And those of us that were doing it tried to help out as, as much as we could yeah, uh, sure. with, with folks. But at some point it was, you know, honestly, for a while there, it was pretty overwhelming with just, I need help. I need help. Um, and, uh, but, you know, where I want to kind of guide this, uh, this conversation is, um, that was the spark though. So, so now you've got planners fiddling with tech that, that hadn't previously been doing so. You've got production companies trying to help, uh, help their clients, uh, figure this stuff out either because they've done some of it before or not. And then you've got now 200, 300 new entrants into a market. You want to, so you know, talk about disruption. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, totally. It's a massive disruption. And that's really, it was the combination, I think of those three things that accelerated, uh, you know, accelerated, really accelerated the growth over the last and, 10 and months. And pushed us from being in the year 2020 to technically we, in terms of advancement in technology, now we're in the year 2030. Oh, I just had like I felt like I just got watched a Chris Nolan movie and had my mind blown when it comes to it. <laughs> right. I mean, it all it's folds a, back on itself. I mean, it's so true. I think you're right. Have like competition breeds so much innovation too, like just in general, and then also take huge amounts of pain, and that also creates a lot of that of uh, of potential and uh, advancements in technology too. Like you know, uh, for example, um, you know, if, let's talk about this. 
you, you're going to have a self-driving car one of these days. Well, now you have to uh, be entertained while you're in your car. Well, now that creates this whole new market that didn't exist, and that's going to advance that market so much more than it already is. So uh, I'll definitely agree with it. And I think one thing that also helped a lot with this too is that I felt like, and you let me know about this, like leading into 2020, it felt like we were talking iterative, stagnation, nothing really changing, like nothing like mind-blowing. Like we were talking about the photo booth where the guy can like instantly print it. That was the most exciting thing coming out of these event technology shows. And then then come along and, you know, boom, like people are like, whoa, we need something new. What are we going to do? And it was, I, it was almost like prime and ready for it, you know? Absolutely. And and what's what's, uh, you know, the the kind of the back half of this is the good news is that this is this is we have a model for how this is going to go. And I and I think that model is if you look at event apps. So if you look, if you think about event apps are, you know, standard, you know, go to, because we had basically kind of just gotten to the point that basically every event had its had its event app, you know, unless it was too small, but pretty much every major conference, a lot of sales meetings, you know, a lot of a lot of meetings and events, you know, I don't know what the numbers would be, but it'd be pretty high had their own event app as we were moving into 2020. Um, you know, but think about six years ago, you know, six, eight years ago, there were again, maybe only three or four uh, of these companies that were providing this. But every time, you know, every year when you go to that back corner at IMAX, it's like, you know, more and more and more to the point where there are literally, I would say, hundreds of event app uh, yeah. app, apps out there, um, you know, and you know, event app platforms. With, and, you know, and most of them are, you know, all the basics are kind of there. There's, you know, there's Q&A and you've got your agenda and speaker bios and, you know, uh, maybe a map of the you know, convention center or something along those lines. And then, you know, each one of them has their own then little take on, you know, what they do that's a little bit different. And so, you know, what I would always say about event apps is, you know, 80% of it's going to be the same, but finding that 20% that's different is what's going to make it, you know, best for your audience. So you'd probably be good uh, with any event app, you know, you know, just because it's gonna, all going to have the basics. It's going to have the thing. But, you know, finding your 20%, which makes your event different, and matching it up with the 20% uh, that's different about event apps, because there were differences. You know, you look at some were, if you asked them, they'd be like, oh, yeah, we're good for any kind of client. Corporate association, you know, doesn't matter what the, That's you know, why I love your, your yeah. question. It's always like, what actually makes you, right. like, what, what are you actually, actually good at? Right, right, right. And then if you push them, it'd be like, well, we're, you know, we're, we've got more features that are designed for medical meetings because we've got posters that we have to present and stuff like that. Um, so as that had progressed over the course of the last six to eight years, um, you know, we went from four to several hundred um, and then still, even even once we kind of hit market, market saturation, we would see one more and one more and one more. So even still in that back, you know, back corner of IMAX, oh, look, there's a new one that I had never heard before. That's pretty cool. They've got their own take on it. Or people try to roll their own because they couldn't find one that they liked. Um, and then what was the next phase? Can you the, think about that? The, 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 the ones phase? that weren't successful, like went out of business or... They all got bought up by the other companies. Bingo, exactly. So, so we started hitting the mergers and acquisitions phase, um, really leading into 2020. We were starting to feel that where this platform got bought by this company and this platform got bought by this company. And, you know, Cvent continued to add to its kind of juggernautish. We had, you know, there's, a, there's an older episode of Event Tech where we talk about the the oh, jack yeah. of all trades versus master yeah, of none. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't mean to make that, that, that's not a negative comment when I say that, you know, there's something to be said for, 
uh, you know, going to a C event where you can get everything in one place. Mm -hmm. But they then other on. people prefer to, hey, I want to parse this out. I want to get the best in breed of that, the best in breed of that, and the best in breed in that. Um, and so the mergers and acquisitions started to happen. And so now looking at the microcosm of this last 10 months where we went from four or so incumbents to several hundred upstarts, each with their own take, each with their own 20% difference, that 80% of video chat is going to be the same. Okay, we can do video boxes, we can do Q&A, uh, maybe there's a, a backstage area for presenters, um, you know, but 80% of the functionality is going to be the same. And then 20% is going to be different. And usually it's whatever they were doing before March. <laughs> so, so, you know, if they were more of a marketing content delivery type company, then, then that's what their specialty is, is the on-demand content and all that kind of thing. And now we've started to hit the mergers, mergers and acquisition, acquisition phase um, with the announcement of what StreamYard got bought. StreamYard got bought by Hopin. Hopin. And I yeah. feel like there was another one that was relatively um, And recent. then SwapCard bought an a, a attendee. Um, our uh, registration system. Yep, and Slido got got bought. Slido got bought by Cisco. Yep. So welcome to 2030, my friends, because <laughs> we've crammed 10 years of event technology. You know, at the very least, six to eight, because you know, if based on the, you know, on the event app uh, side of of the timeline, um, and that's how we got here. Ah, I like it. Um, what do you think? That 2040 looks like. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the harder qu the yeah, question. Yeah, unfortunately, I've hit the end of my model, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so my, 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 my modeling What's on the next apps. big, like, disruptive thing? Well, I mean, like, here's the thing, though. Like, we, from, like, 2010 to 2020, right, was that transition of, like, mergers, acquisitions, slow growth, all that sort of stuff. We're not going to see, like, you know, I don't think there's going to be... I, I guess I can never say this out loud. That there's, I was gonna say there's never gonna be another game changing oh, thing. Yeah, happens, don't, but, but, yeah. but what would you? I think it was a couple episodes ago. Maybe we were talking about it offline. Is that there? You know, in in your lifetime, you've seen like three major crises that have hit. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the events industry, the, four, one, the, four, the three or four once in a lifetime uh, <laughs> industry impacting events that I've lived through in just my twenty year career. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think I think it's gonna be really interesting to see, yeah, what ends up happening out of it. I definitely think the mergers acquisition thing is gonna be very, very interesting. I'm also curious to see too, like with those incumbents, you know, are they gonna still be around and are they gonna have to start shrinking size? Like, I start to think about like in the case of like Double Dutch. Like Double Dutch was an incumbent for so long; they were huge. They were the ones that if you needed a custom app, they did it. You know, they had offices everywhere, and then. Slowly, smaller, 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 acquisition, and they're gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm struggling because there's things that I've not said because I don't like, you know, bad-mouthing folks. But now that they're out of the market, can I say stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I mean it depends because then what's funny is they always end up coming back to the, like, right, we always joke right. about this idea that, like, people, like, right now, like, we joke about it on Event Brew is, like, what's the number one employer of event professionals right now? It'll give you a little bit of taste. If you like these jokes, by the way, feel free to come over to Event Brew. We got jokes for days. But number one employer of event professionals right now, Keller Williams. Um, but <laughs> I think I think what ends up happening is that everybody ends up coming back to the industry at some point, right? Like, I think it's hard to get that fix of what you're looking at. Yeah, there's people who are like going to be seriously out, but I think there's people who are going to like leave, but then come back. And you know, like for example, even look at Double Dutch. Um, Gosh, forgive me the CEO's name, um, but he like he was like, oh, I'm out of the industry. I'm done. Like wrote a whole awesome piece about how like events industry like 
burnt him out. And then like this all happened and he's like, I think I can create a technology that can help it. Um, I haven't really had a chance to follow up on it um, 100%, but I, I think there's a point where people come back. So I yeah. don't know. So here's, know. here's what I'll say. I think this we'll is We'll bring fair. you over to Event so you can talk crap yeah, about people. Yeah. <laughs> no, but here's, here's what I, I will say. And I think I'm, I'm comfortable saying this is that one of the things that struck me about them very early on um, and so, you know, all of those people are gone at this point. So I'm, I, I don't think I'm talking out of school. And 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 if it does come back, who listens to this podcast anyway? Yeah, it'll be, be a different. It'll be a different product <laughs> if it does come back. So again, I don't think I'm going to be hurt, hurting anybody's feelings at this point. But what what was fascinating to me, and I used it as an example frequently. I just didn't ever say who it was. Um, is that very early on, I met their newly minted, uh, you know, head of marketing and their newly minted head of sales. Uh, at a yeah, conference and and in, in 30 seconds of talking to them i knew they had no idea anything about events i mean nothing mm -hmm. like you know just i i'm not even mr steeped in terminology and things like that when it comes to you know the planning side or design side and i threw out a couple of casual terms that they're like what what, is, what does that mean you know literally within 30 seconds of of a conversation it's like oh you don't know you might be a really good marketing person and you might be a really good salesperson but you don't know anything about events and so from the beginning i was like these guys are doomed they're doomed and so i was really kind of then surprised when they got all of the investment money and you know the heydays the salad days with the you know the booths with people in gorilla suits and and you know <laughs> more money than god spent on the trade show booth down all the way to the end um because uh, you know that that to me says everything that if you've got people in you know trying to sell to the events industry that don't know anything about the events industry i don't know how you can succeed well, that's a good parallel to this too. Like, there's so many platforms that are now coming into the events industry that don't know a lot about it. They, I mean, they really got to get embedded and involved in it as much as possible. Because, like, I'm a big fan. Like, uh, like I sometimes get crap from my staff that, like, I'm like, look, I'm gonna do the opposite of what the events industry is doing. Like, I'm down to like think differently and things like that. But at some point too, there also has to be an idea that there is the the understanding of what it is done before you decide to defy it or do something differently on it. But also, if your whole company is yeah, an event technology company. Half of that is events, not just technology. And I've also heard it too from some companies that like internally, like different different cultures are that they're more of a technology company than they are an event company. And like, and I, 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 what's your take on that? Do you think that's a bad thing or a good thing? Or I, I can tell you that the platforms that I've been the most drawn to clearly have people that came from live events and uh, understand designing experiences and customer service and uh you know the you know there's there's a certain you know obviously no planner is the same you know you can't just say planners are all this way yeah um totally. but for the most part the most of the planners that i know are happy to pay a little bit more to have their hand held in a good way like customer service wise yeah um you know there are definitely some that they love going in and doing everything themselves and then getting it for a little less expensive because they're handling everything um but you know I always go back to the quote from one of my one of my clients uh, as a technical producer, and uh, she was talking about you know AV and technology. And she's like, "I'm smart enough to learn this stuff. I can learn this stuff. I can know all this stuff. I don't want to." You know, she's like, I just don't want to. It's like, I have enough to deal with, with my, with my sponsors and my executives and keeping the attendees happy. And, you know, I've got enough to deal with without having to deal with my PowerPoint doesn't work. So, true. you know, so... I think I think that's kind of where I'm coming from when I talk about this idea of, of having your hand held or something like that. That like planners have enough on their minds 
to not have to, you know, to, to, to be willing to pay to have someone take care of the technology. And I think that's what was so fascinating about early 2020 is that they got the technology dumped in their lap hard. Um, and so I think, you know, a lot of the, 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 the platforms that are doing well are the ones that said, hey, we got you. We got you. Don't worry about it. We got you. We'll take care of it. You just send over the information. And the ones that were like, okay, we're going to need this. We're going to need this. We're going to need this. We're going to need this six weeks in advance. And we're going to need your full agenda six weeks in advance. And we're going to need, you know, those are the ones that they're like, oh, crap. What did we get ourselves into? And then they use them once and then they move on. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I, I think, too, like it seems like there's probably also moving into the future, too, like this lack of designing the technology with experience in mind and thinking about experience design when it comes to the technology because it used to be like experience design with your event technology meant how well was the app branded and will it work when you're uh you know have no wi-fi and the wi-fi is down but now it's like this is your whole journey through the event is through this technology and how does this design experience look like and uh, like, I feel like, too, that, um, you know, we've had tons and tons of conversations uh, about, like, people willing to pay for things beyond execution, right? It's easy to pay for an app to be like, yeah, I got 10 grand, put it in the app. But when someone comes to you and says, hey, it's going to be $10,000 for us to talk about how we're going to make this app good, people are going to be like, eh, I don't have that budgeted right now. But, but oh, but catering? Yeah, I'll 100% put my money into it. So it's like this idea of like strategy, design, execution that really has to be thought about too. But like, I just feel like there's, yeah, there's way more conversation needs to happen around design experience rather than just the, the technology itself too. Well, and you know me, I'm, you know, I've been saying from as long, from the rooftops for as much as long as people will, will listen. You know, I'd rather see old technology used well than new technology used just because it's new. Uh, yeah. You know, don't, people keep wanting, and I get asked this all the time, I'm sure you do too, you know, like, what can I use for gamification? What can I use for engagement? How do I increase my engagement? What's what, the newest what, app that? Yeah, what platform can I use? And I, you know, and I, I try to give you know answer. Okay, you can try this. You can try this. But um, for the most part, you have to design engagement. You have to design uh, interactivity. You have to design yeah. communications. It's so it's not something that you can just throw an app at and it'll happen. Now that was always when event apps would fail. So once again, pulling from the lessons. Uh, learn from event apps that, you know, when people would say, well, we had an event app and nobody downloaded it, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> most of the time what would happen is they would, you know, yeah, they would pay 10 grand for an app and then they'd never promote it. They'd never tell anybody where it was. It would be just like this little bug in the about how to actually be used. You know, the, 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 uh, the, whoever was the first speaker of the day would say, and don't forget to download the app. And then they'd move on, you know, it's like that yeah. would be the extent of it. And instead of really, you know, and then where we would see 80, 90% success ratio on downloads is the folks that it was in every marketing piece and here's the link and here's how to use it. And it, it was good. Yeah. And it was good. So people, when people were like, oh, hey, oh my gosh, I just had this great conversation with a guy I met on the app. People are like, oh damn, I don't have the app. I got to get the app right now. Right. right or, right. oh, hey, uh, we traded contact. Let's trade contact information via the app. Like making a good experience, I think, is what leads to that user adoption too. Well, and one of the things that I remember, um, and I think it was when you and I, <laughs> funny because they're in the news, when you and I talked to uh, the planner from GameStop, oh, um, yeah. that yep, you know, one of the yep. things that she said, and this has always stuck with me, is that they would pre-populate uh, the app with their movers and shakers. So the, they would reach out to their influencers in advance and say, okay, guys, you know, let's start the, the chatter in the forums and in the chat and stuff like that ahead of time so that when people download the app, it's already going. 
so that it's not just a ghost town with tumbleweeds, you know, rolling through. It's like, okay, you know, we want this thing rocking and rolling by the time the rest of the attendees, uh, you know, download the app and start participating. And I thought that was a powerful, uh, powerfully good uh, chunk of advice for folks. Totally. And I think the, 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 to add to your point too, of this idea of old technology being okay sometimes is that like, uh, I'll use two examples. First is like this week I uh, decided like, I've always been a Reddit kind of, tr uh, uh, lurker i just read a lot i upvote you know i barely ever comment i don't moderate anything i decided to hey i need to make a subreddit for a very specific like community i think doesn't exist here that i want to get created so i became a moderator and then i ended up reaching out to the r slash event management and being like hey this is really dead right now i'd love to help moderate and get this kicked back up they're like yeah sure here's moderation and i'm working on generating reddit's been around nothing's changed like in the last two years but like i'm seeing this tool and saying oh how can i use it for what i need this exact use in so the second example i think i'll use of that too is that you know um yeah far too often do we end up like ditching technologies to say like yeah let's get the newest hottest thing but in reality it's like that other tool has been doing it for a long period of time but if you design it well like you said boom like it could be so much better so as we, you know, as to, to kind of circle back to your question of, you know, what does 2040 look like, you know, well, yeah. you know, so, so here's where the next stages I think are, you know, in, in this, in this evolution that, that has been advanced. So things are going to slow down now, you know, now that we're kind of through the initial push, um, we're not getting out of this anytime soon though. So there's still going to be a lot, uh, you know, a lot in the online world and then we'll slowly move into hybrid world and, you know, and then get back to, you know, some exclusively online or exclusively in-person events. Um, and, but I think this is now going to be a more of a part of, of our events moving forward that we, even when we get back to quote unquote normal, the distribution uh, of, of on, you know, online events versus in-person events uh, versus hybrid events is going to be redistributed. There will be more online only events there will be more hybrid events and there will probably be less in-person events so the the net number will probably be the same but it's just going to be redistributed a little bit i'll agree with that 100 percent. so uh, here's my uh, my other question here is as we look at these technologies you know is there another one that you see that is going to follow the same path like what's the next thing that we've been kind of toying with like batting around like a cat you know for for 10 years but at some point we're going to get have to get serious about it so i think the th the situation that's going to really need serious of evolution over the next probably year is how do you connect online and in-person people together and not make it awkward right like there, yeah there's ability to have a directory and people can request meetings and like this just hasn't been exactly done but like okay, where do they go to have the meeting? Do they do it on their phone? You know, all those things like that. But like, how do you connect two people that aren't physically meeting that aren't that one's having a completely different experience potentially than the other? I think that's the next like huge advancement that hybrid's going to like really like kick down the door. And I, I'm curious to see if that's going to get solved before hybrid comes back. I don't think so because some of these development times have been really slow. Like <laughs> some are just barely figuring out one-to-one -one video chat period. Um, but I do think that like the second that people start doing hybrid, that's the thing everyone's going to be craving for. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, we got the streaming down. Yeah, we got like the content management down. How do I get – and yeah, we got the chat. But like how do I develop seriously deep relationships? 
and the, the answer is is the same answer that it was 10 years ago when we were doing it and it's 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 intentional design it's 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 you got to bake that into the design um, you can't just throw an app at it and, and yeah. get engagement. So you have to design your event in a way that there is a way for those audiences to interact. And so, yeah. you know, back in the day, back in the day, day, you know, we, we had um, literally we had someone assigned to monitor the, you know, the Twitter hashtag for the mm -hmm. event and be interacting with those folks. And then anytime there was Q&A, uh, you know, hey, Heidi, you know, do we have anything coming in from Twitter? Yeah. So and so asks, you know, and so then that person is the voice in the room yeah. of the online audience and same, you know, yes. and making sure that they're using the same tools. So whatever event app you're using for Q and A and polling and things like that has to be the same for the in-person crowd as it is for the online crowd. So that again, they're seeing the same upvotes and there's, mm -hmm. there's great platforms that let you do that, you know, where you oh. can, you know, slide share and, you know, so that the person who's remote can see the slides that are being presented in person, comment on them, take notes, upvote questions, polling and things like that. So, but you, you, you can't just throw apps at it. You have to design that functionality, design that connection, hire that moderator who's going to be the in-person voice of the online audience, give the online audience things that are just for them. You know, so as the as the keynote steps off the stage and everyone in the room goes to coffee break, hey, step on over here. Hey, great. We want to introduce you to the folks that are at home, you know, and have that separate side interview with a separate Q&A that's just for them so that they're interacting literally with the people in the room that just for them. And so these are like, again, these are all things that we were talking about 10 years ago. And it, it, and it doesn't just happen on its own. You have to think it through. You have to think through the experience from both sides and try and look for those opportunities to, to come together. Um, this is a little bit further off, but I want to make sure that we talked about it because it was such a good idea when you and I were talking with Adam on uh, on his new podcast, uh, Event Tech Live, Event Tech Talk. Um, Definitely go check it out. The you know we started talking about I think it was there. We started talking about the idea of uh, going for walks and things like that while the session was going on. Mm -hmm. I think it was there. And so since yeah. then, that's been percolating around in my head because Apple has now come out with a Fitness Plus program where you it's it's you're listening to a celebrity talk for a certain amount of time and you're supposed to go for a walk during that time. Ah. So you go for a walk, the watch is playing the, the, uh, the, the celebrity talk and it's designed to be, you know, a 20 minute walk or a 30 minute walk. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's movement on this. And I, and so that's, that's an instance of leaning in to the online technology to do something different, to do something, you know, that is, is more than just the Brady Bunch boxes and, and things like that. So, so ironically, then about two days later, one of the people in my class said, Hey, is there any, what platform would lend itself toward being able to, you know, switch, switch from one device to another and go for a walk? And I, so, so I started thinking about it. I was like, really, Zoom is one of the best ways to do that because it's cross-platform. You can just rejoin the meeting from your phone. It keeps going, whereas a lot of the web-based stuff, if you lock your phone, it just shuts off. Yeah. Um, so it keeps going in the background. And so you would be able to do exactly what we were talking about. Um, I, you know, I don't know how that fits into this conversation. I just thought it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> so, that was super neat. You know, well, if we're talking about the future of where this stuff can go, you could do a fun run yeah, for you sure, know, virtually for sure. or something. Well, you bring up a good point too that like, yeah, sometimes using technology to solve a, like a non-technology problem is really good. I think you brought up a really good point though too that we definitely need to echo on this. That is 
for technology problems, sometimes technology is not the solution to your technology problem. It's something else. Like you talk about the physical person that needs to be there moderating or, um, you know, designing it better, uh, but not saying, yeah, throwing an exact app at it too. Um, I, I'm curious to know, like your question of like, what's the next thing that's going to blow up? I feel like almost like everything was going to come back to at some point is like, well, we've already been talking about this or, you know, like at right, some point. Right, right. Um, but yeah, like, no, I think there, there's so much advancement. I think that's going to come. But I do think one of the next big trends going to that 2040 is, is yeah, related to health and fitness and things like that, because everyone's clamoring for that now, especially now that we're at home and it's so easy to sit on the couch. Um, you know, like um, I, I, I looked at my, uh, my uh, Google maps summary. Um, that sends you every year and first it was depressing because normally it's like you've been to right. seven new countries yep. and look at all these hundreds of new places you've been and look all the places you've driven but it also tells you how far you've walked and it was something like i usually walk i don't it was something crazy i don't remember exactly what numbers but like let's just use this as an uh, example so it's like you usually walk like two thousand miles a year or something i don't remember what the numbers it was like this year 2020 you walked 200 miles. You know, it was like, you it was crazy. You walked to the moon and back 12 like, times. Right? Yeah, like I literally didn't go anywhere. But like obviously eventually when travel comes back and things like that, that will fix, that That will help a little bit. But I think there's going to be a lot of like, yeah, how can we continue to think about the 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 health and mental uh, position of our attendees too um, and integrate that as much as possible. So I'll take a shot at something that I think could wind up in this similar, you know, timeline, whether you know, depend, we don't know how long of a timeline, it could be 10 years or something could come along and, it's, and advance it in a hurry, uh, like we've seen here. Um, how about VR? You know, you know, I was thinking it's it's, it it's something that we've been in my brain. Yeah, for we've a been second. batting around. It's like you know, and the event the event folks have kind of turned their nose up at it. Like, okay, that's something cute we can stick in a corner during a reception, um, you know. But they're not taking it seriously. They're not, you know, incorporating it as part of their events very much. There's a few people that have done it, much like again the last ten years of of online events. There's a few folks that were kind of playing around with it, but for the most part, the industry was kind of like, oh, that's cute, uh, you know. <laughs> and because in person is 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 the only way. It's the it's just the it's the only way you can possibly do this stuff uh, until you have to. Um, so how about that? How about the idea of VR and AR uh, experiences being that thing that we've kind of played around with for, you know, realistically for the last five years? I mean, I know it's been around forever, but it's only really started to take on, it feels like, in the last five years. Are we five years into a decade of just batting it around and then all of a sudden we're going to have to get serious about it? <laughs> yeah, I always feel like I might be like the resident person that gets asked this because I'm like well, one of the few people people know that actually owns an, an actual like HTC Vive and a whole computer to run it all. But I last year, I remember at the beginning, pre-pandemic, they were talking about how like headsets were selling more than they'd ever sold. And then pandemic hook, and then the Quest 2 came out, which is like really advancing the technology to like a whole unit all in itself. And I remember thinking to myself like, wow, maybe this is the year, year that VR starts to take off. But this is how I know it won't. I still don't know another person that has VR. I'm, other than my one friend who's super gamey and nerdy like me, he had it before I had it. I like, like, Brant, have you bought a Quest 2 yet? Yeah. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, so, there you go. Give in you, live in action, yep. maybe I'm starting to see it happen. I'll, give you, I'll give you a little bit more than that. So here's what's funny. It's so um, uh, my best friend in the world and his wife and family, they got one almost a year ago. Um, the, the first version of the quest and they're not techie folks. 
Like they just thought, you know, yeah. you know, he works at a, at a big box and, you know, had a you know, employee discount. I was like, yeah, I think that'd be cool. And they loved it. And so, um, you know, when we even started batting around the idea, they're like, oh, yeah, you got to get one. <laughs> you know, I mean, just, there's so much fun. And and yeah. I was, you know, I've been kind of like, eh, you know, I can take it. You know, we've got a nice, you know, we've got the Xbox and we've got, you know, it's and I barely have time to play that most of the time. Um so what was funny is that the, the couple of times that it's come up, it hasn't really been a priority for me. Um, and it was actually my wife that was like, you know, I got some money for Christmas and stuff like that. She's like, I think I want one. Hell I was yeah. like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to fight you on it. Sure. Nice. And sure enough, it's, it's, it's a heck of a lot of fun. You know, I'm starting to think more about it. You know, what could we, you know, what are the possibilities are? So, yeah. you know, there right there are two examples of folks that I don't, wouldn't necessarily consider techies. Um, you know, so my friends and, and my wife, um, you know, she's, she's fine with technology, but I, she, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say she considers herself techie, um, that, that are, you know, were interested in it, got it and have loved it. I, I think that's a, a great point. And I think my biggest thing, the leading factor with this will be headset, headset adoption. And then a couple big shows saying we have a all VR component of it. And that's why I think we'll push it to that, to that next level. Cause once you get, you know, because uh, uh, like I haven't, I don't think I've formally attended an event in VR yet. Um, but I know I've like done VR chat, I've done games with it, I've like multiplayered with people. Um, but I think that second that's, you know, uh, it's funny, South by Southwest just announced like that, they, what platform they're using for their conference next year. It's not VR, but like the second a South by Southwest is like, and we have half of our conference in VR, come join. And that, and you know, or part of the ticket price is you spend a thousand dollars and you get a four hundred dollar Quest Two, pre bundled and good to go. And you know, someone calls you to help you set it up, or you know, like a C two Montreal. I think that's one that's going to really push it to the next level. But that makes me feel really m way more confident about it. Um, now we just need people who are going to start implementing it. Yeah, I think I'm a little surprised we haven't seen more of it, you know, because again, this was kind of the perfect opportunity to start experimenting a little bit more with that. But it's probably it's because, also expensive. Yeah, still. But you know, is it? So here's what I was thinking. For, for, de for development, not for yeah, the headset. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. Uh, I was thinking more. Uh, you know, you got to get the heads. You got to get the heads, headsets out to people before. Yeah, no you can way. I think that's it. the cheapest. That's the yeah. easiest part. I'm now. really kind of surprised. You know, like at first I was kind of like, ah, oh, boy. You know, I don't know. Because uh, what are those, the 300, 300 bucks for the yeah. headset? But then I started, he was like, okay, but people drop $1,000 on a phone yeah. all the time. All the time. You know, every two years. Or you get a Z new... Fold 2 and you drop right. $2,000. Yeah, well, yeah, some people drop more than $1,000 on <laughs> Most a phone. Most people spend $1,000 on right, a phone. Right, right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but then there's also still plenty. Like the quote-unquote cheap phones are two, 300 bucks. Um, you know, even the free ones that you get from the phone companies, you know, those are still two, $300 phones. Um, you're just not paying for it because the, the company's, you know, paying for it cause they're making enough money on your data plan. Um, so it really isn't that expensive. And so I wouldn't yeah. be surprised I, what I, what I, I'm a little surprised is, and I just read an article about this today, um, was a, a company bought. Uh, a, a quest for every single one of their employees, not a ton, you know, like 40, 50, you know, small company. Yeah, yeah. And they did their holiday party online. Um, cool. And, you know, so big picture doesn't cost that much, you know, for, for a company compared to doing an actual holiday party, yeah. you know, spending, spend, you can, you, you can easily spend 300 bucks a person on a holiday party, including the venue and the food and, uh, you know, some, some, some money giveaways and things like that. No problem. So, 
don't know. Like I said, I'm a little surprised it hasn't gotten deeper uh, already, but that might be the thing that, you know, we bat around for a while and then all of a sudden just explodes. So true. So true. Well, I think that's a good point to, to end this week's episode um, of that next thing that might be around the corner that we bat around for a little while that <laughs> all it takes is a massive disruption in the industry to, to accumulate and boom. The fourth or fifth once-in-a-lifetime disruption to the industry. You know, when we get the fourth or fifth one of that, maybe that's what kicking it. Well, we'd love to hear from you, audience. What what do you think is the the next big thing or the thing that we've been batting around? What do you think is the next big disruption? And also, love to hear from you in general. What comments that you have in terms of how we've advanced so much from 2020 to 2030, uh, just in a, a span of a couple months? Um, and if you also have invented a time machine, please let us know, and we definitely will love to participate. Um, but yeah, Brant, thank you so much for the awesome conversation and uh, sharing uh, your thoughts. Always, always. And yet, I, was, I was joking when, when I was uh, talking to Will about, you know, maybe we could talk about this. I was like, yeah, you know, it was probably about 15 minutes of presentation and then an hour and a half of Q&A because I you can it. see, I mean, there's obviously so many different directions uh, that you can go when you start thinking about this stuff in a uh, compared to the past and where it could possibly go in the future kind of context. Couldn't say it any better. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Event Tech Podcast. Make sure to tune, subscribe, do all the fun things because we want to see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast. Dun, dun, dun. Event Tech. Out. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.